was a perfect number. And I mean, now I can't even imagine how on earth I was going to manage 130. I can't really imagine it now. I, I loved the number of people. I, I, missed, I missed having everyone there, but I did love that it was, and it didn't feel, it still felt like a lot of people. And welcome to this episode of the You and Me podcast. Today we talk to newly married bride Philly Smirk. So welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Now we were just chatting offline about you just get sneaking in in the nick of time to get married because you've only just become husband and wife. So congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) But let's, before we get stuck into your beautiful wedding, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a a graphic designer based in Sydney. So I I work for myself and have for a while now. Um, So I I specialise in branding and art direction. I've been in agencies and in-house and then sort of in the last year or actually more, I've been just working for myself. So, uh, and I'm originally from Perth. Uh, and so is my husband, but we've been, <laughs> I've been here for 10 years now. So okay. nice. I've actually been having a look at your Instagram of all your branding that you've done. That looks amazing on Philly Smirk Designs. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I kind of, it, it got, I, I was working all of last year freelancing, but I just didn't, the wedding took, took priority. So it's just getting back into it now. Yeah. Good on you. And do you do mostly corporate or commercial work or like what what's your what do you like to do so I kind of I mainly specialize in fashion and lifestyle branding um Mm -hmm. so it starts with the branding and then kind of logos and then we go into sort of style guides and then move into art direction and website and things like that so I I tend to just I think because of my work I end up working primarily on fashion and lifestyle brands which is fun yeah Yeah. super fun and so tell us how did you and your husband I keep going to say partner but husband um Milos meet um we met at the Bondi bowling club I was just picking up my sister I was the designated driver I was picking up my sister and he was standing at the bar and I just looked at him and walked up and offered to buy him a drink oh Oh, wow yeah so I love that yeah I didn't even think twice about it and I wouldn't normally do that in fact I don't think I've ever done that in my life but I kind of I don't know he has a very kind face and for some reason I felt the need to buy him a drink <laughs> good on you was he taken aback um I think he was probably I think he's Milos is quite old-fashioned so I think he was probably a bit sort of embarrassed at the prospect of me buying him a drink so of course he sort of insisted on on buying it um but no I think he was he was sort of not in the zone at all he'd been at work it was a Saturday but he'd been in the office all day so I um I don't think he was in the mood to be hit on but anyway he was (laughs) and it always happens like that you weren't probably planning on meeting anyone that night you're picking up your sister and then here you are at the bar buying him a drink and that's that's it it. and my sister was when you least expect it that's right, I think, and um, instincts just kicked in and I sort of felt like I had to talk to him. 
and you're always in your worst outfit and you haven't, you know, you haven't done your hair, you know, to no. the best, you know, your expectations are pretty low of yourself. And <laughs> maybe that's why, because you just have nothing, you know, you throw all caution to the wind and get out, that's get it. yourself he saw out me. there. He saw me at my worst very early on. So, I mean, that's good. <laughs> it only went up from there, right? That's it. <laughs> um, and so you met, how long ago was this? Sorry, did you say? Uh, that that was actually, I think, what's the, I think, five years ago to the day, actually, or oh, maybe no, in cool. the next couple of days. We don't really know our our anniversary as such. Um, we never really knew. We just made one up. But I think it was yeah. around this time, five years ago. And then, so when did he propose, and how did two, he propose? He proposed, I think, two years ago yesterday. Um, it's always it felt like the engagement that never ended. Um, because we really got married two years after. Uh, and it was just a really simple proposal. We just went for a walk um, down to Redleaf, which is a beach in Sydney. And he didn't get down on a knee. Uh, he just sort of said, do you want to get married and pulled out a ring? And I, I was so shocked. Um, I was so shocked and, and all. And I was also shocked he'd done it in public um, because yeah. I'm quite private and he's really private. Yeah. So, um, but he actually said in the end, he wanted to do it sort of at a public park where we could go back to, as opposed to yeah. being in a rental home or somewhere we wouldn't be able to sort of access it all the time. So it was, it was a really nice proposal. And then um, we just went out for lunch and celebrated. Oh, beautiful. And so you hadn't suspected anything? No, no nothing Complete at all. surprise. I mean, Complete surprise. Like I've never been more shocked in my whole life. Um, <laughs> complete, not even like an inkling of suspicion. I actually think I went into shock. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and he happens more than we know. Yeah. And I often hear friends who sort of said, oh, well, we knew it was coming or, you know, it was pretty obvious. I have no clue whatsoever. Mila, she's sometimes we just, he, he's so private and so good at keeping secrets. So he, I mean, he prides himself on that. So he did a very good job. And he'd also always told, particularly my mum, every time anyone mentioned it, it would get bumped back four years. So at that rate, I wasn't going to get engaged until I was, you know, six foot under. So um, (laughs) it was a surprise. Oh, that's so good though. And I think like when you're with people for a while, it's hard to keep a surprise and it's hard to not kind of know and those kind of questions like oh no we all knew it was coming or we know you're going to get married it's now just about when and the waiting game you're playing and stuff like that it can kind of put them on the back foot a little bit as well and push them especially if they are quite private people and not showy um, you know doing it for like a rise or a reaction or something it can actually push them it definitely can push them back and be like no you know what I'm going to do it in my time yeah, time, I think not when you all tell me to do it. That's it. And I think, I mean, I think I was also lucky. We'd been together maybe three years then. So it's not like we, it was a kind of a nice amount of time for it to have passed. We, yeah. we kind of, we never really outwardly discussed getting married. But we just knew we were going to get married and um, it didn't really require any pushing from me on my end. It just sort of, it just was kind of perfect. That's beautiful. And so how long between you guys getting engaged um, was it until you got married? Two years almost. So it was two years almost to the day. And how did you go about 
how did you go about the whole process? Did you know, um, did you utilize like online resources like Instagram or did you know exactly who and where you wanted to go? Like where, where did you begin? I had never been someone who planned my wedding or had Pinterest boards or anything really. Um, so it was a pretty blank canvas at the start. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty particular about what I like and, um, but I, I mean, yeah, I didn't really know where to start because I didn't have any dream wedding in my mind, but so we kind of, and Milos also didn't want to start wedding planning yet. So, which was really hard. He wanted to in, enjoy being engaged yeah. Um, yep. and, and wait sort of six months before he said he wouldn't even really discuss it until sort of six months after getting engaged, which I found quite difficult because obviously in the back end, I'm researching madly um but couldn't couldn't share my findings uh, until sort of he was ready and had enjoyed being engaged which is you know I, I can understand because once you start you don't stop talking about it until no it's, it's consuming over. all consuming um and yeah that's it so we we kind of knew we wanted it to be in Australia um mm. we've been to beautiful weddings overseas but we didn't want our guests to have to travel too far uh, we yeah. knew we wanted it to be in a garden um, and we knew that we wanted to be able to bring our own alcohol. So those were sort of the original vision was we really wanted it to be in a backyard. We kind of wanted a backyard wedding, although we didn't have a backyard to get married in. So <laughs> I had to sort of search high and low for, for one. Okay. Yeah. And so your venue, what was the name of the space that you got married in? So we got married at Summerlee House, which is up in Barrel in the Southern Highlands of New South Wales. Beautiful. And we had originally looked at houses in Sydney on the harbour. We wanted, I think because we had sort of 50-50 guests from Sydney and, and Perth and also overseas. So we originally wanted this big house on the harbour with, um, you know, where they could really capture Sydney. And we did view a few beautiful properties on the harbour, but um you know I think I didn't love the gardens and I, because it was yeah. a garden wedding that was really important to me that it felt like a really loved garden yeah um and so and I also didn't want it to be at sort of a typical wedding venue as such um so and then I found Summerlee House I assume on Instagram I, I found almost everything on Instagram I barely use Pinterest um and we went up and viewed it and it's just it's a family home with yeah wow and and they, it's Nadine who owns it with her husband and their four children. And it, it felt really loved and, and a bit wild and the gardens were beautiful and kind of this, the house isn't too ostentatious and we just love the whole feeling of it. And we love that it actually really felt like a backyard because it is actually a family backyard. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And it's kind of one of those things as well, if there's not too many prerequisites that you're chasing when you're planning a wedding you've only got a few things that you really really want there's no point in um choosing something that doesn't have them you know you've got to go on the hunt to find the vibe that you want because at the end of the day that's what the guests remember I mean that's that's it and I think also the venue once the styling of the the wedding didn't start until that venue was chosen because it was sort of defined the whole feeling for the wedding you know everything yeah, was based off the style of Summerlee House it's it's a home and we kind of use that as our inspiration 
Absolutely. So you've you mentioned that you found most of your suppliers on Instagram and then did you how did you go? Did you enlist a planner or did you do all this yourself and use Nadine at Summerlee House as kind of a sounding board or how did you go about booking all your suppliers? Um, yes, yeah, so I did it all myself. Um, I, I kind of I do a bit of that sort of thing for work, especially if I'm planning photo shoots or uh, small events or anything. So I've, I've done that stuff before. So I felt reasonably, and also I'm quite fussy. So it, it made sense that I did the planning myself. Um, but Summerlee's also has Alice, who's a sort of coordinator who helped on the day and was also available to chat throughout the process. Um, things like logistics, I mean, I'm great with the design and the overall feel and the music I was quite particular about, but I couldn't tell you where those power cords were or where yeah. the access was for certain things. So I did have Alice to sort of chat to if I needed to throughout the process, which was really helpful. Uh, and the rest I just did myself. Oh, beautiful. And then so did you go into this planning process because you you've used some incredible vendors that we've just been creeping on your photos behind yeah. the scenes <laughs> <laughs> always seem always feel like the biggest weirdos when we chat to brides and then we're like oh, we've seen all your photos because we've like dug deep just to see what's going oh, on but look. oh my gosh so but you use some incredible incredible um suppliers some really amazing ones did you go into the planning process with budgets for these suppliers or with a budget or an overall spend you wanted to hit or did you go into this saying you know what these elements are really important to us and we know exactly I know exactly who I, I would want to capture our day safe for photography what it cost isn't I don't care we'll make it up somewhere else like how did how did you go how did you go into that um, look, my, my husband would have a very different opinion on my budgeting skills, mm. but I think I, every husband <laughs> has a very different opinion. Everyone. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I went into it. I, I was pretty realistic about budgets. I went yep. in, I had a spreadsheet. I mean, I'm terrible at Excel, but I attempted to, I created a spreadsheet. I did map out. I was pretty realistic about the costs and, yep. Um, yeah, I guess I'd sort of balanced it out where, where I maybe went over in the budget on things mm -hmm. that were really important to me. I, I made up for in other ways. I'm a graphic yep. designer, so I could do my own invites and my own website. Um, yep. so, and, and other things, you know, things that were less important. I always tried to get sort of a local vendor, um, who, you know, they were all so amazing. Um, mm. and I think, so I, as much as I use some more kind of well-known or key vendors, I also really tried to balance that out with local vendors um, or sort of small family-run businesses and things like that. So I think it was kind of more figuring out my priorities and putting money there and then saving in other ways or doing it myself. Yeah, I think that's one key point that all brides-to-be listening to this episode with you will take out of it and that's a really important one. So with your wedding day... It looked like the sun was shining, like it looked absolutely beautiful. But tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about your day and, and how it kind of transpired. Did you, because it was a family run house, did you get to stay on the property? Yes, they have a really, really sweet cottage out the back, a three bedroom cottage. I didn't stay there the night before. We, my family was all staying at the Rift, which is another beautiful property up in Barrel yeah. uh, where we'd held we'd held welcome drinks there the night before which was really uh, nice I think yeah. 
because people would basically everyone was traveling to an extent even just to get yeah. up to barrel if it was an hour out of sydney um it was nice to kind of make it worth everyone's while that was quite important to us so we had a big welcome drinks the night before um and then i'd sort of spent the night with my family there and then in the morning we all went off to summerley to the cottage to get ready um, and, and i only got ready with my family and my siblings partners so which i really liked um it was relaxing and um not too hectic so we yeah. kind of all got ready there in the morning i mean it was it was so relaxed really yeah we just got hair and makeup done ate a lot of snacks, I drank champagne. Um, it was, it was, I mean, the hardest thing for me was not going out and setting the tables um, for what I just, cons I considered, I, I love throwing dinner parties. So I just, I really approached this whole thing as a, a slightly larger scale dinner party. So I, I wanted yeah. to be out there. <laughs> I wanted to be out there setting the tables and whatnot. So it was quite hard for me to stay inside. Um, I was finally sort of sat down at around midday to just sit still and get my hair and makeup done. Um, and then, I mean, I was ready an hour early. I was ready to go. I think because we already postponed once the wedding, I was just so excited and just wanted to get it done. Um, so I was kind of ready to go. And yeah, then we um, did the ceremony and we kept that quite short, which was lucky because it was really sunny. It was really mm. sunny and, and luckily I had my umbrellas to shade everyone. Um, but there was a bit of a fight to spread out the umbrellas at that point because there's so many areas that needed them. Um, so we had the ceremony, kept that quite short and then um, walked through. After the ceremony, ceremony, we walked straight through, through this kind of secret passage which opened out, out onto this beautiful pool, um, mm, pool area. Amazing. Uh, where we kind of had aperitivo for two and a half hours there with a jazz band and oyster station and grazing table. And it was, it was actually just really nice. And we were just lucky with the weather really, that it wasn't raining. Um, that was very lucky. Uh, and so we actually had a pretty significant chunk of time by the pool. I think it was two and a half hours actually. And, and Milos and I spent a lot of that time by the pool. We, we didn't spend much time doing photos at all. Um, and which, which was, we actually ended up cutting them even shorter still because we just wanted to get back to the pool and yeah. spending time with our guests. Um, a lot of people, a lot of brides have said that's the best thing that they did and a really good tip for other people would be go enjoy your cocktail hour with your guests, try and get your photos done at another time because that is one of the best times is that those cocktails after you know you have your ceremony before your reception yeah definitely I mean we and we'd even we even when we had to sort of work out a run sheet it, it was already a priority that when we got back to that pool I think that was also why I was so keen to walk down the aisle because I wanted to get to the pool um and <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of wanted to get a drink and start partying and then we sort of an hour of that we'd scheduled an hour of drinking before we even went and got our photos and then once we snuck off we only really did photos for 40 minutes maybe before we um before we kind of asked if we could go back to the pool yeah well I mean look you're there to spend celebrate you know you're there to celebrate with your guests and with your family and your friends it makes sense to stay close and enjoy sometimes the best part which is like a cocktail hour and the oysters and then so your reception did you have it under a big tent 
Can you tell me yeah. about the, the styling and how that was sort of organized? Because I'm looking at one of your photos and it looks beautiful. Like you have those really on-trend kind of candles. I don't even know how to describe them. The, oh, the, bees, yeah. the beeswax what are, what are they the, style. Uh, well, they're by Tony Astis, who's, a, who's an event planner himself, actually. And he makes those beautiful beeswax candles, I think, mm. from his home. Yeah, they're incredible. In Bondi. Um, they're so beautiful. That I just, I, I had those, I had those ready to go. Um, so I've always had them, my eye on those. Them down the table <laughs> with flowers that kind of match your bouquet as well, like the blue tones with these like caramel kind of brown tan colours. Tell, tell me just how did you go about, I just want to know how you went about styling this table and what that kind of all looked like under this marquee. I'm presuming it's a big marquee that you had set up with a long table. Yes. Yeah, so we had, um, we had a big Sperry tent, which we had because I think in, in December with the Avalon outbreak, we, and all of the borders closing, our guest list was essentially halved uh, and we, with new restrictions and things. So it was, half the guest list so we did go down a sperry tent because I still wanted to feel really intimate um so I we did have the a tent um and then the tables the tablescape I, I was I mean I love doing tablescapes and dinner parties and things so it was it was important to me um but I didn't want it to be anything that would date so I didn't want anything too too much so I'd kind of kept it simple with white linen tablecloths and I bought these beautiful French blue stripe bistro napkins, which I loved. Um, they felt a bit European. And then I had um, my friend who owns Next of Kin, which is a ceramics company. Her yeah. mum made me these custom vases, which were just so beautiful. So um, pretty. And, and it was really nice just to have a few kind of custom elements to the day. And then I had Sammy Pauly do the menus and place cards. And again, I mean, the only brief was really just I wanted to feel bespoke. And uh, he also did it in a beautiful blue colour. Um, and he hand cut all of those menus, which was so nice. It was just a nice touch to make it feel a bit more personal. Um, and then, yeah, I just tied it. I'd always known I wanted hydrangeas and, um, I mean, Danny from the Make House just did the beautiful arrangements down the table. And then the candles. So it wasn't too much but mm. because we had share, share meals as well, which is something you have to keep in mind with the flowers. Yeah. And how I know that you just mentioned that you had to cut your guest list in half. How did you go about doing that? Like how did you decide who made the cut and who... <laughs> Who didn't? Like, how did you tackle that? I mean, look, the, the borders closing sort of cut a few. already <laughs> already cut cut by by default. You know, reduced the guesses significantly, and I think yeah. we just ended up we really just ended up saying let's just keep it as immediate family and closest friends who we see all the time. Yeah. And you how many did you end up with? Sixty-two, I think. Oh my gosh, beautiful. Yeah. Which was a perfect number. Yeah. I mean, now I can't even imagine how on earth I was going to manage 130. Um, I can't really imagine it now. I, I loved the number of people. I, I, missed, I missed having everyone there, but I did love that it was, and it didn't feel, it still felt like a lot of people. Yep. 
Yeah, but you would have been able to get around and actually talk to people. And this is what, like, I look back, I've been married for a long, a lot of years now. And I look back at ours and we had over 140 people. And I'm like, I don't even remember how I managed to talk to everybody because I was flying around having one minute conversations with people. You don't, with a smaller guest list, you actually get to talk to them and you're not rushed off or pulled in the next direction or... I don't know if we need to stay super positive about COVID and everything that comes out of it because we actually are really, really dirty on that word down here in Vic, the C word. Um, Having a smaller wedding with, you know, what you had just over 60, I think is one of the most magical things to come out of this whole thing because... Like you said, how how you can't even imagine having a bigger one now. Once you've had that smaller one, you can't even imagine it any other way. Yeah, that's it. And I think, you know, your guest list is so important in any case. And I think something that we got a lot of comments from everyone that was there saying how friendly everyone was. And, you know, there was a, like everyone knew everyone by the end of the night. Everyone's catching up for dinners in, you know, in the upcoming weeks. And I think everyone, it was just a really nice group of people. And I think that, you know, your guest list is actually really affects your whole day. Um, and having people that are just there for a really good time, um, who are happy to mingle and interact with everyone. Um, and, and, you know, I, I heard a, a lot of people said to me, make sure you take you and Milosh take time out to really enjoy it and step back. I mean, we had so much time mm. together. Like we, mm. we, we didn't feel like we missed out on spending time together or spending time with our guests at all. Like the day for me actually felt really slow and relaxed I didn't feel like it flew by at all I felt like it it was kind of really nice and a nice pace and yeah I didn't feel like it's kind of disappeared from us at all no and so just going back to your bouquet your color choice as well um and working with Danny from the make house because her floral arrangements are next level and they're super unique and every single time you see something created from her and her team you're like that's exact that's the make house you know you you basically know how did you go about working with her because you mentioned earlier in our interview that you're quite particular and you know exactly what you want and being a designer I mean with our styling team it's something that you need to not tread lightly with brides that and or grooms that are actually creatively competent but you do need to tread a little bit lightly because they you know you guys know how to do your job as well so how did you go working with Danny because again like blue is a color that most people would never like the amount of times that I've pitched blue and it's been knocked back has been so often and so not many people actually embrace a color that's not just what she had so how did you go about because I mean Danny would have been up for anything but how did you guys go about working together there um, yeah, I mean, Danny, you're right, is up for anything. And she was, I think she was really excited by this brief. So, I mean, I, and and just to give context, when I kind of um, approached suppliers at the beginning, I really had a pitch stop for my wedding. Um, I had everything, you know, I think, and it helps vendors, I think, to, so when I went to, say, a florist to speak to them about it, I had a whole doc of this is my vision, this is kind of what we need. It also helps, and I can understand this because I quote people all the time, it really helps to, I had a document of like, this is what I want, this is, I need this many bar arrangements, this for the hour, 
etc. And I had it all lined out and I had a huge, you know, it's probably a 12 page document on just the flowers um, with a mood, you know, a, a few pages of mood board. And yeah. it was quite specific. And, and, but Danny was just so excited when she received it. It wasn't, mm-hmm. and she was, you know, immediately keen to jump on board and understood the vision. And I think was excited for something that was a bit different. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, so, I mean, I did have a very, very particular vision. I mean, it was down to her sending me photos of hydrangeas at the markets and me saying, no, it needs to be a lighter shade or it needs to be slightly, you know, darker yeah. or slightly creamer. Um, yeah. So we were really um, going back and forwards and we, we kind of were going back and forwards on text at that point, um, getting the correct shades. And I really wanted the whole floral thing to feel like this rambling kind of French garden. Um, yeah, beautiful. And I, and, I, and I didn't really waver on that vision from you know, the beginning of the wedding planning process, I'd always wanted a lot of hydrangeas and I'd wanted it to feel wild and not too sort of stiff or, you know, I wanted it to feel a bit free flowing. Um, and, and, I mean, and once Danny had the whole mood board, she sort of, we didn't really even need to really go over it until a few weeks out from the wedding yeah. because yeah. I, I, I kind of outlined everything at that point and I was pretty specific and, and she was really respectful of the fact that I am particular. I don't yeah. think she, I mean, maybe she, I don't think she minded that I really knew what I wanted. I think it to some extent makes it a little bit coming easier. Coming from a planner, there is nothing more enjoyable than getting a bride that's got a really solid vision, but a vision that has got a creative brain behind it. I've got quite a few of those brides who have come to me with documents and do you know what they've come to us and said oh um hope you don't mind and yeah I, I highly doubt she would have minded it at all because it helps when you've got it's when people come and say I'm super chill and everything's totally fine but I don't like xyz blah blah, blah and I really love yeah. uh, uh. I'm that person that's, that's when it becomes yeah. that's when it becomes really hard but <laughs> when you know when you've got a really good vision and it is one that's had a thought process behind it creatives would love to jump on board and work with you to make that you know realize that dream and like I said blue not many people use blue and so to have it done so beautifully was a testament to you both really like it's gorgeous just watch how many blue and like butter and white and forest green weddings are going to pop up now now that people Um, can see some that you know are actually done correctly there'll be just these little influxes here and there of it but um your day sounded amazing and and to work with um you know work with some pretty incredible suppliers in in a space that is just I mean we'll we'll link the house on the show notes but it, it was such a grand space without feeling over the top. Like it was just a really beautiful, yeah. everywhere you looked was like, wow, that, that's a gorgeous area. Um, but it didn't look as if it was, you know, this over the top theatrical kind of a, an area because, I mean, the weather held out. Um, it sounded like you had a great day. What do you have a favorite part of your wedding? Like, is there, is there anything that you look back and say that was, that was the best part of the day? Uh, Not really. We loved it all. I mean, we loved, we loved all of it. Um, we, I mean, I, I, we did love by the pool. I think the jazz band, we had this jazz band called Ella's Holiday who are local, a local jazz band up in the Southern Highlands. It was so amazing. And we, 
we had them by the pool. I just think having the jazz music and the, the a cocktail in hand and champagne, I actually loved the area mm. of time by the pool. But then, you know, you mm. get to the next bit, which was the marquee, and I, I love that too. I was like, oh, this is great as well. Um, <laughs> the, food, uh, the food was amazing by Galavan. It was honestly, and we're probably, probably biased, but we thought it was the best wedding food we've ever had. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, the the cake we loved the cake we actually loved cutting the cake and and we kind of didn't do a formal first dance we just cut the cake and just sort of got stuck into it um started dancing then like I loved that moment uh, we also I, I spoke and Milos spoke and I kind of I loved speaking um I kind of liked all of it really it yeah <laughs> and, that means you know, that nothing yeah. went wrong <laughs> No, did anything no, go it, did anything go wrong? Did anything throw you in the leader? Any near misses? No, I mean the whole week leading up was a, a total near miss with um the Perth outbreak and our yeah, family and all family. Waiting. You know, we didn't know they didn't get exemptions because they were all in Sydney and they were allowed to be up at the property in Barrel, but they weren't allowed to leave the property until nine PM the night of our wedding. Um wow. and I mean it was yeah. uh, I mean, they were actually really understanding and they all got exemptions, which was really lucky. So it was actually really stressful um, the week leading up to it. Um, and I think yeah. by that point then, we're just so happy. I don't know what could have possibly... I mean, I was a, a bit worried about the weather because I had this big um, poolside aperitivo dream. Um, but I don't actually think anything went wrong, to be honest. every We, we kind of were quite... Um, surprised by that everything ran so smoothly I don't think we had any major issues at all the biggest issue was that it was so sunny that we needed to distribute the um, umbrellas to enough <laughs> you know the oyster station yeah. needed a brolly the yeah, food station um, but no we didn't have any problems at all it was oh, very gosh. lucky sounds beautiful and so we might finish off with so now that you're married what's the best piece of advice you can give to other couples in the middle of planning their own wedding so a word of advice for future brides um i think i think probably one of the most important things is to um well i think mood boarding and, and doing documents for everything helps with your vision i think being clear on what you want does actually help a lot. Um, I think your guest list is really important, um, you know, because it, it can completely change the whole mood of the night. And I also think just being really nice to your vendors. Um, I think, I think just being kind to your vendors goes a long way. And you know, in the end, all of our vendors were so understanding. When we postponed, we didn't have any issues. You know, they were kind of all like friends by the end, and they were all more than willing to help, even when our guest list halved. You know, they. They let us, South Coast Party High, let us downsize the marquee. They didn't really have to do that. Um, they let us kind of swap and change things and reduce orders of, of furniture and chairs without kind of an issue, which I, I think just... So I think being, being nice to people um, along the way ends up really helping in the long run. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, I also think, you know, just keeping your wedding really nice and thoughtful and, and I know everyone says it, but so it really reflects you as a couple. And I think, you know, our, our wedding did end up feeling like one of our dinner parties in our backyard, just on a larger yeah. scale. Um, yeah. And it felt us. 
Yeah, mm. there's. I Good think that's the advice. biggest point. It felt like you guys. That's really important because it can. Yeah. Those kind of things can get forget forgotten about along the way. Really overwhelmed with what other people are doing or um, eyeing off someone else's wedding. It not. It doesn't yeah. necessarily fit your your vibe or you know who you and your partner are about. So you just. It's important to stay true to yourself and you know. Yeah, I think not get I too carried away. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Otherwise, your wedding ends up ends up looking like every other wedding you've seen and um you know it's it's not unique or special to you as a couple no exactly oh philly thank you so much thank you you for joining us because you you are an uber fresh wife um and it was yeah it looked like such a magical day and you know what that's kind of a really good tip as well for brides to just understand that by the end of it if you need to cut half your guest list and postpone and even if it does rain it's you know you guys are getting married and that's the main thing so thank you for joining us it was thank you so much for having me thank you Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining.